Here we go. We're back. Yep, just got back from a month-long vacation around the Mediterranean. I think it was 10 cities, 6 countries, a month ago. Des and I kind of being with each other for 30 days was quite interesting, but it was a freaking great time. A lot of history, a lot of the blast. Now we're finally back in Copenhagen. I'm ready to keep pumping out content. Now, unfortunately, um, actually not unfortunately, because it's pretty great for Des. Des started his own uh, business, DC9 Fitness, and he's been just off the wall working on it this week. And uh, we couldn't get him today to get on the podcast. We said, hey, just go without me and, and, we'll, and we'll knock it out. So shout out Des starting the business and and we're going to keep this ball mo moving, bold perceptions. But anyways, we've got a really cool, creative, artistic type guest today. And, and when I first met uh, this man, it was, uh, I think it was in high school, my, my first high school I went to. And he was kind of, you know, a quiet guy, not so uh, social, but kind of knew the same people. And he was kind of rapping and doing poetry. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of interesting. Well, anyways, the other day I was surfing uh, the web and I came across uh, a YouTube video. And uh, it was Thomas Shoemate, and he uh, he was doing a poem, and I listened to it. it was about three and a half minutes. He's on stage with the mic and everything, and I, I was like, "Whoa, this is powerful!" And uh, luckily, we've been snap friends, and I hit him up. And I said, "Man, I wanna I wanna get into the mind of a poet, you know, and and how you come up with this and how you create." So I'm happy uh, he's here to join us now on on Skype. So uh, Thomas, can you kind of shoot the the listeners a, a quick background? Thanks. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I started rapping when I was in eighth grade. Okay. Back, back when we actually knew each other, and um, that was kind of fun, but it never felt too serious until I learned how to. Um, I started doing poetry, and all my skills from rap kind of translated into that it's very similar yeah yeah it's it was the same for me but it was a different way to stylize it and a different way to perceptualize it and so it made a lot more sense once i started doing that it um, it was a it was a more creative outlet i think poetry to rap for me okay so you got in the poetry scene yeah I would I would write about. Um, can we start over? I'm like, hey, no, you're good. You're good. Hey, you're one of those creative types. You know what I mean? We talked about beforehand. Like sometimes, uh, you know, like me, I could just throw out words, but you know, you think and, and analyze, and that's how you kind of yeah. like heal and and put thoughts together on paper, and that's fascinating. So I want it, We want to get in the brain of someone like you. So don't don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's raw and uncut, baby. So hey, you got a into poetry and was this a way to kind of uh um get your creativity on paper a way to heal um why did you choose poetry as an outlet well really i've always been a quiet person it's kind of been the, the thing that i hated about myself most and it was a way for me to kind of break out of that and to learn how to It was really fun for me to say things in a way that was right all okay. the time, every time. And 
to just go through my poetry and, and even my rap before that to have something that I could repeat correctly. Okay. It was a way for you to express yourself confidently? Yeah. Yeah. It was a confidence thing at first. And then eventually it became more of like um, I had a lot of pain from the past and and it was a way for me to deal with that too. Okay. So that pain, when you write it down, I journal. So I, I have a notebooks on notebooks. I write affirmations and it does, like when I start writing, a lot of things go away. It feels really good, like you're getting it out there. Is that something kind of similar with the poetry? Like it, so it's not bottled up in your head? Like how does it help with the, you said the pain? Yeah. Um, well, you, you just write about it and then it's, it's not stuck inside anymore. It's, it's out there. It's not yours and there's less of a burden to it. Yeah. And it, it helps now that I have an audience too, that it's, you know, it's something that my audience helps me with people who know my work and who know me as well can talk to me about these things and they're easier to talk about because they have, you know, an introduction to it. To people have relate to it. And I saw that, that YouTube video, thousands of views, and there's a lot of people commenting on there like, wow, this like hit me right in the, the feelings. And, and maybe before that, and a lot of people, they feel like they're the only one that feels that way. You know and I mean, also you get to see a whole group of people. It's like, wow, I'm not that different. These are all problems we deal with. And um, that that's fascinating, man. So you you started writing the poetry and you, you kept it, right? You started to book it. There's a book on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. So I I started writing in high school. Um, I actually started writing because I had a crush on somebody and I didn't know how to express any of that. <laughs> I got you. But um, yeah, I just kept everything I wrote, and I felt like it was still good later when I became an adult and um, and so when I when I had a, a significant collection of stuff that I thought was good enough to publish I just I just went for it um, self-publication is kind of like betting on yourself totally and I was willing to to make that and it's it's been going well selling the book it's on amazon uh it's called misread lines for anyone who's listening and who's interested in it it's just a collection of poetry that i wrote from like 16 to 20 and uh, i'm writing a second one right now four years of poetry and that's what's really neat because it's like I'm, I'm gonna get the book and it's from 2012 2016 so you get to see yourself develop as a poet and like a man right yeah yeah and it's it's in like a almost a journal format so it, it does have a lot of those elements where you're seeing me grow and not only become a better poet but um a more emotionally mature person yeah as you go through the years Okay. Um, now, how does that feel being that vulnerable, putting your whole life in a book? Is it freeing? That's how I mean, I would, doing this podcast, I feel more free. 
it is more freeing yeah yeah it's like at first it was just terrifying yeah because i've always been a quiet person but once i took the leap um it was it was easy and then it and then it became easy for me to get on stage and do something like that yeah i saw that that don't look easy and be have a performance of mine published on youtube you know for example yeah that don't look easy there's a whole audience the light shine on you and you're saying stuff that's from the heart i mean Mm. and i'd love to get into that um that poem Uh, it's called anything yep you want to kind of dive i mean it would be great do you know it from uh head i mean you said it without paper on there if you want to say it i've got it memorized do you want to say it to our audience and kind of analyze the poem yeah yeah i'll start with the background for the video so um Um, so there's something called a poetry slam. It's like a poetry competition. You go out and there's, you know, eight poets in a, in a slam. And, and so that was the second slam I had ever been to. I wasn't used to it. And it was at uh, button live, which is like, um, they're big. Yeah. It's a, it's a really big slam venue in, in Minnesota. And I placed second that night at my at my second slam, and I felt really it was a really big confidence booster for me. Totally. But it is like it's it's always funny looking back because it is such a nervous work. And now I'm a much better performer. I've been doing it for almost a year since since then. And um Yeah, so they publish um, the video. They publish videos of artists. Yeah. Sort of almost as like a poetry magazine, but it's all in um, digital in performance. It's all in performance work, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, okay, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the poem and we can dive into it. Awesome. My mother swears I'm the spitting image of my son. She retrieves a 20-year-old baby book for proof. Says he solves puzzles like I did, smiles like I did, loves like I did, and she'll show me when she finds it that is the whole movie I cauterized because I can't swallow my father's smile, his soft style as he saw the silo which held our family weather vane. And it felt the first wave of the hurricane when he left. He said he never stepped foot back in Minnesota. My heart aches in my dark places, and I started breaking. Still, try my best to understand. Even in the summer that my son was born, I am too divided into three. When I was six, I had my first suicidal fantasy. I can't remember what was wrong, but a piece of me wanted to belong at the bottom of the lake. For the water to mistake me distinctly just to sink. My son turns three this July. Six and three years. He is still perfect. Still 
trips on slippery surfaces. He is still an innocent silhouette, and I am still so softly spoken when there was something that I should have said. I swear I'll stare so cellophane when he starts swimming and if god wants me not to teach my son to tread water then he better tear my skin from my skeleton make my pen powerless turn my friends to unending cowardice he had better take my rent away and let it rain acid on my homelessness and let me set it straight i am not mad at god i've had everlasting nights with my lover Tricycle ride days with my son. I've been forgiven for things that my own cycles can't escape from by people who don't owe me anything. I let my father walk away. I let my sister take my place in my home when I could have lost custody. I let my lover escape this inverted hurricane where everyone who leaves the eye seems to be just fine. But I haven't asked the man upstairs for a favor yet. I've been waiting. I've been an archer training, aiming at a farther place. As a father, I will make mistakes. One day I will fade away, but make my son happy. Make him fortunate. Teach him how to love who loves him. Take his madness. Make him anything except for me. Damn, that's deep and it's crazy because the way you were just talking to me, like kind of like uh, slow and kind of like not that confident. All of a sudden, you go into the poem mode and you're a different beast. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. A lot of the po- a lot of the poets I meet are exactly like that. Where, as I said, it's it's something that I started doing so that I could speak confidently. Yeah. So I wasn't sort of like second guessing my speech as I as I was going going through it. It's crazy, bro. You can hear in your tone the way you look. Cause we're on Skype right now. Like, it's like you're like going to like a different person type thing. Like the the, it's fascinating. It and I've seen that too. A lot of artists and book people, and that's that's wicked. But yeah, let's dive into that, man. Cause there's a lot. I mean, there. I mean, how? What was the inspiration behind it? And it was inspired by another poem called uh, Deceit and I by R.J. Walker. And he's like... Um, how do I say him? He he's kind of like a, a hero of mine in, in poetry, I guess. Okay. So he, he writes a lot of dark pieces and Deceit and I is about this kid, but it's, but it's got this twist at the end. And so I wanted to have sort of a twist at the end of, of the poem that kind of changes the whole context of it. Okay. And so that's the last line. Make, you know, make him anything except for me. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. And it ties it all together, but it, it is also a twist. And so I wrote... I wrote the ending before I wrote any of the any of the poem and so i knew you know where it was going and stuff okay okay now i mean how does this thing get put together is there you know is it rhyming is it, i don't understand writing and all that i mean it sounds like uh, good. yeah so my writing is very strange how i go about things um so the thing it's put together 
I write I wrote the beginning and the ending. They don't rhyme, but the middle rhymes. And so that's kind of so I started with the beginning and the ending, and then I kind of <laughs> that's kind of how you can tell that I got a little bit stuck. And okay. so and so the rhythm helps me as a writer just go through the piece and find the piece's conclusion um in a good amount of time okay it's, yeah it's just it's just something i've always used to to help um to help me so yes i had the idea and i wrote it in about an hour and a half which is really? kind of how, yeah it's kind of how all my my three minute pieces go it just comes out of you, huh? And you just start writing. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's an idea, and I think it's good enough. I'll sit down, I'll give it the time that it needs, and and finish it. And okay, and, and obviously it was about your son, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was about being like a good father, making sure he lives up, and and being a good role model. Can you kind of go into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's trying to connect. Um, me to my father. It's trying to say that. It's it's trying to be like something to to distinguish to distinguish me from my father. Okay. He left when I was a kid, and I, I always wanted. To be more than that and and to help my son through his problems because i know that he's a he's so much like me and he looks like me and that's that's you know how how the poem opens and that's something that people a lot of people find a lot of pride in yeah and that's great but with me i worry about it because you know i had so many problems as a kid okay and it's something that my father never dealt with because he wasn't going around and um and it's something that i want to i want to deal with for my son yeah it's really it's a poem really emotional and really close to my heart as as a piece like that's maybe my greatest struggle is is trying to trying to find out trying to be there for my son and trying to you know figure out what what went wrong with with me and, and what i can do you know this time around to try and fix it try and fix things and make it better yeah that's amazing and, and one of my favorite lines of the poem is um teach him how to love who loves him so that's that's one of my biggest problems is that i love people and that's throughout the poem i love people who don't love me and so it's not saying there's a lot of people would say in that line, you know, teach him how to love me because it's because you do. Everyone wants their children to love them. But for me, it's only teach him to love me if I'm good enough for him. You know what I mean? Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good, man. It's good. I mean, um, when I heard it, I was like, holy crap. I mean, we'll, we'll link the YouTube video and all that so you guys can hear it again. But you just heard it from his mouth. Um, now, is that 
is that the one that got you like an award or something to go to St. Louis or that's when they picked? Um, yeah, that was a different cycle than the one that I won. So, yeah, so last September I went to a slam in Minneapolis. Um, and I won that, so they invited me to perform at like a Grand Slam in December. And the winner of that got a trip to one money to go to a trip to St. Louis to perform at Rustville. Okay. Which is like a, like a national tournament. And I won the so I won the Grand Slam. So on, on the slam night there'll be three poems read by each um com- competitor. And um and so yeah, that is one of the pieces that I read to to win the trip. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Now, when you go into that competitor, that that, that feeling getting on the stage, um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, are you nervous and stuff? Or are you so confident in what you've written and that you just go into a different place in your head and just let it out like you just did? Yeah, I was nervous at first. Like the the video that they have of me, I was very very nervous. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's just so funny to look back and just like it was only a year ago, but it just seems like I was such such an amateur performing, but um, still kind of am. But now it's a lot more just I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm here, you know, to do it. And I understand um, all the motivations behind it. And so it all it all fits in my head. So you just become fearless on the stage, huh? Yeah. Do you ever think about how you could take that fearlessness like and put it into your life? Know what I mean? Like in what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, publishing the book definitely helped me be more confrontational. Talk to different people who I usually wouldn't talk to. Um just putting myself out there has helped me a lot. And and being um, a successful performer, too, has helped with the confidence of it. And it, it really, I do have a different, like, walk now where I <laughs> just, yeah. So take us into that that poet world. I mean, not many people know. I mean, performing poets, competing. Like you, you hear about the great, you know, uh, the Shakespeare's and all them, and you read about them. And but what's the modern day poet? I mean, what the hell do you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's a mess, and all the everyone knows it. Um, they, I mean, Minnesota has a really great scene for it. Okay. In, uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, where there's just a crazy amount of talent. And when I joined, I noticed it right away, how talented people are. And the thing I love about poetry is that everyone is different. Everyone does it in the solitude of their own mind. And so it comes out completely unique and creative. Whereas, um, like other art forms, I mean, you think about like comedians and musicians, a lot of people are trying to be, you know, the best at it, which which for a lot of people means um, kind of 
taking a lot of the style from from the best. Totally. As in poetry, I don't see that as much, which is why I love it so much. Not just, you know, I you, I went there to perform and to express myself and to um, find an audience for my own work. But now, now that I've seen it, it's it's more enjoyable just listening to other people, to other poets tell their stories, and you can literally learn like someone's life story and you probably realize this with me in my video yeah a, a lot of details about someone's life just through a few poems that they read and then it's almost like everyone's friends after that it's, it's really it's really bizarre i yeah. can't you made a lot of good points right there that's that is that's why i find it so fascinating with these poets and these writers they can put so much into so little know what i mean like mm. your life story in three minutes know what i mean and like people can relate to it but also what you said was freaking genius the um the comedians and the musicians copying each other and not bring out their true inner creativity but like you said you poets it's all in your head you know what i mean and like that's from the inside it's hard it's hard as a musician because you there's it's hard to make original music yeah it's it's hard enough writing original lyrics you know, but when you have to do the music on top of that, it's it's so difficult that, you know, a lot of people, if, if you're not extremely talented, it's just, you know, it comes out sounding like something that people have heard before. Well, all the samples, yeah, and then all the top hits are usually the same filtered beats and just in a different way that, that, that sell pop hits, you know what I mean? That's a different scene for sure. Yeah. But tell, no, seriously though. So, yeah, I like this point a lot. Like you're these poets, you know, and writers. You guys are like tapping into, like, true creativity. Where like the the society's not. I don't know. It, it's fascinating to me. And I, I I love Kanye West a lot and how creative he is with so many different things he does. And it yeah. it's fascinating when you, when we have like a great idea or we want to do something, our gut's telling us to like say this or, or move or create this. But then we start mm -hmm. worrying about what everyone else thinks. And then it limits our creativity. You know what I mean? We're worried about if they're going to like it. And uh, it seems like a poetry, you're just putting it all in your head. Oh, this is great. I like it. And you just throw it out there. And if it clicks, it clicks. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I write so many pieces and only some of them stick. You know, when I, when I was writing the book, I cut about half of the poems. And I didn't like just to make it so it wasn't, you know, like a 200 page poetry book. Nothing. Yeah. And so it's, I'm always writing, always creating something new. And if it, if it works for me, then it works. And so it's, it's really, I'm not, I'm not just testing myself against the competition. I'm testing my own work against other work that I have. Yeah, yourself. Competing against yourself. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, tell me, for our listeners, you know, because you can be creative in a bunch of different ways. You know what I mean? Like, how do you bring out that creativeness? Do I bring it out? I go for a lot of walks. I know it's a, it's a it's a basic thing, but walking, 
nature really helps. Okay. I, I live in a, a home that's really close to nature, so I can just, you know, take a walk anytime I want. Sorry, my, I got two dogs and they're like getting rowdy right now. <laughs> they see you're excited. That's probably why. What? So yeah. can, you go for a nature walk and then um, something pops in your head. You write it down. How do you just take me through this process? Uh, yeah, when I, well, I'll, I'll feel a certain mood to something and then I'll, I'll start thinking and my thoughts when I'm in this zone, a lot of people call it the zone. Um, then my thoughts will be more creative and I'll, it'll just, it'll be easier to rhyme. And that's why I rhyme in all my poetry. That's another reason. Um, because I, I know if I'm rhyming fluidly and, and I have a, the rhythm to it, that, that I'm in that, that zone and I'm writing something good and worthwhile. Is that, that zone kind of like a flow state? You know what I mean? Where you said you wrote that one poem in an hour and a half. Like you just, yep. everything just starts flowing. I've had that feeling in different aspects of my life. Let's say sports, let's say business. And I think it's universal. You know how you express yeah. your creativity and it's trippy and i and i think uh you said nature you know finding your your area where that flow comes out huh yep yep <laughs> sorry my my dogs are being brats right now but um um yeah i would definitely agree with that where it's it's something that it doesn't even have to be creative. It can be, I mean, you can be doing chores and like something just fits and it makes sense. As long as what, what you're doing makes sense yeah. for you, then it's going to be, it's, it's sort of like an, like an expression of meaning. Okay. And that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep going. That's what you're going for in the. Um, that's what I'm going for in, in poetry to have it mean something. Like my best poems are the ones that that have the most meaning, and when they have the most meaning, they also have the best metaphors and the best and the the best rhythm and the best like. The poem just sort of writes itself when it has a purpose. Okay. That's the thing about it. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a professional writer, technically, because there's, people always talk about, you know, the difference between, like, normal writers and Stephen King, where he's, like, a professional, where he'll, he'll write 2,500 words a day, every day, no matter what, because that's, because that's his job, and he can kind of, like, force himself to do it and that's how he described it to him to himself where he's so good at it because he does it every single day but me it's it's the poem itself it's easier it's easier for me to rationalize it as the poem itself has a purpose and a destiny and it it'll it'll write itself if it has enough enough meaning to it okay 
very interesting. Okay. Um, now, you've connected with a lot of people through your poems. And you said you've dealt with kind of like insecurities and pain through this mm -hmm. creative process and meeting people. Do you have some life lessons, some tips for people that maybe are feeling similar that they could express themselves or, or, or handle and heal that pain? Tips for way to people, for people to express themselves. I mean, um, right. Even if it's not, even if you don't consider it poetry, if it's a journal, if it's anything, writing pain is always always helpful. Even if it doesn't find an audience, but if you can write and you're comfortable with it, it does help to find an audience, even if it's not, I mean, like, I kind of went to the extreme with that where I'm selling things and trying to find, you know, the biggest audience. But even if it's just your, your best friend or someone in your family where will listen to you and, and take and take you seriously and, and you know, under, try to understand what you're going through, that I think that would help a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's neat. I'm not really an expert on it. I just <laughs> my own thing. But how about through this uh, this poetry journey so far? What are some like you know big lessons you've learned about you know obviously being fearless, you know putting yourself out there? Yep. Um, so taking the leap is the biggest thing. Um, like the poetry book is. It was me betting on myself, and I had no reason to bet on myself because I had never, I mean, I didn't go to school outside of sun, and it just, it just became incredibly difficult to finish school and to do all that, and so I, and so I ended up making it work without it, and, and it didn't, when I finished my book, it, there was, really no reason for me to bet on it other than I believed in it and I believed in my own vision. And so it's, it's just something like that where I took, took a leap there and that made it easier for me to take the leap to perform, which is something that, that is not natural for me. I was never in like theater or anything or, you know, something that might, that might have helped with that, but um, once I did it, it just, everything just happened. And I didn't, I mean, there were days that I thought I was the best, the best poet to ever, you know, write a poem. And there were days that I thought that I, that my poetry wasn't worth an audience. And it, it's like going between that, the, the mood can be like that sometimes, but it's always it's always about putting that next foot forward and, and getting out there and doing it no matter how you feel about it. Yeah, I, I freaking love that, man. Um, take the leap. And I mean, action. And, and guess what? You'll never know if it clicks or it doesn't. I mean, at least see that people. That's yeah. the biggest regrets people have later on in life. They wish they would have. They took that thing. That's why I have a lot more in common with you than, than you think. You know, doing these these podcast things, we talk about, you know, putting yourself out there and just saying, you know what, fuck it and, and doing it. 
And the good things happen. You know what I mean? You know, things get put in place. But I'll tell you what. You said uh, sometimes you don't think your your poems should have an audience. Well, I'm I'm a fan. You know, it made a difference to me. I really liked that uh, that poem, Anything. That was powerful. And I hope you keep rolling, man. And I want you to take that confidence you got when you do those poems and freaking do it in your everyday life. And I think crazy things are going to happen. You know what I mean? But... Thomas, man, I appreciate you coming on. It took a minute to kind of warm you up, but once you were flowing, you're a smart dude, man. You said a lot of good stuff. I appreciate that. Thank you, and th thanks for having me on. I yeah, man. It. And then uh, we're going to plug your, your books, and you say it again. Is it Misread Lines? It's called Misread Lines. It's the only thing called Misread Lines, so if you just Google that, it'll it's on Amazon, and you'll find it there, yeah. And we'll link your YouTube video, and then uh, we'll we'll keep in touch and follow your your process, man. So great stuff. Appreciate you coming on, and 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 best of luck. Yeah, if I ever uh, if I ever get to finishing my second book, we'll we'll do it again. Hey, yeah, I like that. Uh, peace. Peace.